What's up, Magic fans? The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of the limited time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odd boosts. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. In today's episode, we are joined by a very good friend of the podcast, Mike Witt. What's up, Witt? What's happening, fellas? Been too long. It's great to see you guys. You guys are killing it. Way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Like so much stuff has happened, like in between, like pandemic. I had a baby. NBA G League bubble. So many things in between. Someone had a championship in Orlando, and it wasn't our own team. That's just that's crazy. But yeah, no, no, but we can't. Yeah, can't say that. Can't can't say that. that. <laughs> Look, it already happened. We don't need to relive it. That's the kind of year it was. Just saying. That's true. Yeah. So speaking of which, now that you brought it up, with um, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if you saw. Have you gotten a chance to see the the new Spider-Man commercial? Not commercial. The Spider-Man trailer. The one where he, um, Captain Mar- or Captain um, Doctor Strange in it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much everyone finds out that he is Spider-Man, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, and uh, he's trying to go back in time so that nobody knows who he is. People are saying that he's public He's public enemy number one. Yeah. So we got to thinking, who would you say, and, and Will, I want to hear from you first, who would you say is the Orlando Magic number one public enemy? Oh, uh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, pretty much the entire entire league. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I I would just say it. That's a tough one. It's almost we're our own selves, enemy. Really, we're our own enemy sometimes. It, it's that's where I feel. I can't say that it was against us when you hear all the time that yeah, it's the magic, right? So that means they're not against you. They're just not even giving you credit. So we're in a situation we're our own enemy. Interesting. That's a that's a that's a good take. Yeah, and it's funny that it's it's funny that you say that because a lot of people kind of share this new sentiment. You know, we heard um, that we posted it earlier today on on the Instagram page, and people were saying Alex Martins, Rob Hennigan. So it kind of falls in line with you know us being our own public enemy. You know, some some I I think I saw someone even saying like you know our the Orlando Magic training, not the training staff, but the medical staff is public enemy number one, which I thought was comical. Uh, what about you? Man, so for me, I gotta, I can't decide between this list. I'll give you a list, and I got them all like kind of tied. So I got LeBron, Cal Kuzma, Lowry for the past few seasons, especially Hennigan, because man, what a mess he. Pff, let's not even go there, and Alex Martins. Right. So those are those are all people in my list now. So three players, and the rest inside the organization. That's right. I think if you were to ask the common Orlando Magic fan, the majority, I think they will say Alex Martins just because uh, there's something out there with the way the team has been built, how business has been 
put in the front instead of kind of building a winning franchise. Um, but for me, you know where I'm going with this. I'm going to pull LeBron out there just for his comments last year. Uh, I think that was out of place. Um, what he said about Orlando and if he was traded here, he'll retire. I think that was out of line. I don't think we had to go there. We talked about it on the podcast. So just because if you know me, you know, I'm not a big fan of LeBron. I'm going to say LeBron is public enemy number one in my eyes. I think when you when you talk about LeBron making his comments about Orlando, you hear Kyle Kuzma saying that um, you know he would rather play for you know a big market um, and and you know be talked about or what, what, whatever it was that you said. Um, I, to me, those those comments aren't you know it's, it's not enough to be public enemy number one in my opinion. Right. I think Kyle Lowry needs to be number one on that list. Just because he's like the only one out of all of them that actually did the magic, like physical harm. Like, yeah. like the the whole booty incident that he had where he stuck his ass out and, and injured um Aaron Gordon or was it Aaron Gordon? Once it was Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, yeah. Um and, and messed up like our whole like I'm not saying that we're gonna go out there and we're gonna, you know, win against the the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, but you know, it, it at least hurt us to the point that we weren't able to be competitive. Um, right. And that wasn't the same Milwaukee Bucks team that just won the NBA championship. You know, there, right. there was, in my opinion, there was there was an opportunity to at least make a lot of noise in the first round. So if we're going, if we're stamping public enemy number one, uh, Kyle Lowry has got to be up there. Like, how about how about if we kick it, kick it back all the way to 95, 96 and, and think about Shaq, the way that he did things back then do you do you think that he would be considered public enemy number one in, 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 the way things played out with him or dwight for that matter well Shaq uh, was the fans that orlando sentinel and true. and not getting you know really people in orlando were like big time but they did the poll it's what it was there's Orlando sentinel giving the poll and you got a young guy who's influenced by a lot and then you got you heard you know alonzo down in miami making money LA's just come sliding in, swept them out, just super easy. And you know, Shaq's credit, you gotta take care of your family. I get it. I, I was in I was in high school when that took place and heartbroken, but I wasn't gonna be a not be mad at him. I mean, over a hundred million dollars, especially in the nineties, is massive money, even to this day, but still that's that's a super max contract back then. That's right. The thing is that if you if you would have signed that contract or you just say, you know what, I'm gonna give him that money. Orlando would have had at least at least one or two rings by now. That's the, the part that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that the last podcast about, you know, what if uh, scenarios and whatnot. But I think that uh, when it comes to, like, public enemy number one and we're looking, like, in the past, uh, I think it's really easy to point the finger at, you know, players that we felt should have been way more loyal than what they were and they deciding to leave, whether that would be, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, whether that's Tracy McGrady, whether that's, you know, Dwight Howard. Um, I think that the franchises have too many people. Like, there's, like, Wade and you, Al, you've made a whole entire list. You know, you said multiple names. Uh, Wit, you said the the whole entire front office, the whole <laughs> the whole magic organization, damn near. Um, <laughs> I think that we have just gone through so many bad luck, bad stuff in general, bad karma, if you want to call it. Um, that you know, it's it's easy to name way more than just one person. Like, there's no way they can just name one person because, you know, there's there's so many people that have really impacted the the organization in in a bad way. But sticks and stones, man, sticks yeah. and stones. It, it's it's not just it's not just the words that they say. It's just, it just feels like it becomes constant because it could be the whole entire ESPN. You know, when has ESPN ever said anything nice about the Orlando Magic other than drafting Jalen Suggs? That's like the only thing. That's it. Right. It's a hot take for him, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, we know uh, we're saying who's public enemy number one, but you know, there are a ton of amazing people inside the organization and um, and just great, great, great people. It's in An organization has done so much for the community. Uh, that's 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 a beautiful thing. So we, we're saying public amendment number one, but make sure we everyone knows we're coming from fans that just love our team. That's so right. I got I got put a spin on it because you know, you know, it, we don't want to think people are just not there. We're I mean, here we are, right? We're talking about the team we love. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Wait, very good fine print. Very good <laughs> fine print. <laughs> All right, so they they just read the the NBA just re- released the um the NBA schedule and um we we ended up doing a little addition, a little math and we ended up finding out that the Orlando Magic only have four national television games that aren't really national television games because they're on NBA TV, which really you know, you do the math. That means nothing. We got no national television games. Um, wait, as as a fan, someone that's had season tickets for years and years and years, um, to the point that you know you you've half of the season you're watching live in person. Anyways, the yeah. fact that the Magic this season, um, especially with the high draft pick, does it bother you uh, with the fact that we don't have any real national television games, or do you think it's warranted? It's warded. And look our look our how many wins we got. Cause you think when we're winning, you're getting on TV. And when you got uh when you, when Dwight was here, when it was Dwight versus Kobe, when it was Dwight versus Boston, it was the magic they, those big games are always televised on ESPN. Cause that that was it was fun because the crowd was just even more hype on those ESPN games, right? And our team was winning. We're getting those winning records. And uh, the games would start at eight. That was the one thing. And they, we wouldn't get done to 10 because those commercial breaks a little bit longer. So that means the bars open up a little bit longer too, right? <laughs> so as the games progress and people are still getting into it, winning, oh man, the energy in the, the arena those days were phenomenal. And uh, it, I, I miss those games for sure. Um, I just want to see us winning. That's it. You know, I'll take, I'll take winning over national televised. That's, that's just me. And I think that's what it's coming down to. I think, you know, yeah, the recognition is not there. And we talked about it on last week's episode, how we expected at least one to two ESPN or TNT games just because of Jalen Suggs. You know, there's the hype with him when he plays against Toronto, when he plays against Houston, Jalen Green. Like, you know, do they feature those games? Unfortunately, it didn't quite happen. It's going to be on NBA TV. Um, so from my perspective, I expected one or two. But I'm also, like you said, I'm also not surprised because, again, our, our record was so bad last season. And by all projections, which we'll talk about later, next season may not be much better, uh, which I kind of disagree with. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so I can see why they chose that. But as a fan, you know, you would think with Jalen Suggs on board now, a healthy Markel, J.I. coming back, that would at least get at least one game or two games on ESPN. But it is what it is. I'll be honest with you. The, the times in the past where we did have the national televised games, I would still like check on my guys, David Steele and Jeff Turner. Like oh, that, yeah. that still happened. I'm just so used to listening to them, uh, you know, comment during the game um, that when I try listening to other people that don't watch the Orlando Magic, don't really know what's going on, and they try to fill the blanks, it, it makes me feel like I would rather watch a game with with the mute button. Like I want us to have national televised games so that we have the respect. Uh, we have the exposure, you know, people that aren't familiar with the Orlando Magic are 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 able to watch our games, watch our players, and it, it grows the fan base. Um, and I really thought that with Jalen Suggs, that would have happened. Um, and that wasn't the case. But you're right. We, we, we haven't won enough games um, and not necessarily not won enough games because the, you know, we we traded everyone midseason during the trade season, um, the trade deadline. Um, so now is where we start to get the chance that we're able to at least try and prove that we're we have a competitive team. I mean, I know that may be difficult with the young players, but I think that's something that that can and will be done. Um, the fact that we have a big name like Jalen Suggs that you know garnered a lot of attention during his college play, and, you know, I, I honestly believe that that will transition over to to the pros. Now, with the young players that we have. Um, if if you've been paying attention to social media, you know a lot of our young guys have been spending a lot of time together bonding over over in in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so we've seen players like Mo Bamba, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, the Wagner brothers, Jonathan Isaac is out there, Iggy's out there. Um, I haven't seen it, but Al, you said that um, that Markel was out there also. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is team chemistry? Like, how important is this trip? Um, to really get you know the players accustomed to one another, so that it's it's you know are, are we really going to be able to see the impacts on the court um, with this team chemistry trip that that they have? Yeah, it's vital. It's critical. Chemistry is everything. 
And if you, this is where, and I'm thinking, I'm going back to, you know, 07, 08 season, right after Dwight got brought on. The fun part was watching that chemistry come together. And that chemistry come together made the, the games fun where these guys are hitting each other. They're hitting on the timing. They're hitting everything just right. You know, they've got each other's back. You know, like, hey, I turned the ball over, but now I'm hustling down the court because my boy just turned it over. I'm not going to make him look bad. I'm going to stop this play and get it back and then get it to him and get his confidence back up. And that chemistry is when things just start hitting. And it's just like the engine running and going and going and going. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, and you, you know, look at some of the teams out there that really are successful that don't have the, the number one names on it. That chemistry is right there where the guy at the end of the bench is standing up, just cheering them on, you know, like it, it's family. And I, I look at it like back in the day with my friends and I playing street ball, but when we played on the court in our, a high school game, we already had that chemistry. We're going, we know where we were. And when plays broke down, I knew where my boy's going to be. He knew where I'm going to be. I just put a finger going this way or a head up. He knows I'm cutting back door or, or I just put a shoulder down. He knows to roll off me just to make up for, for something that fell apart off the coach's plan. And we were successful. Yeah, I think that's 100% right. I think as a, as, a, as a fan, you like to see that. You like to see the young guys come together. Like you mentioned, where it's a brand new team. These guys, again, they might know each other from AAU days, um, high school battles, but they really haven't played together except now in summer league. Um, even last year, Cole Anthony missed a bunch, a whole bunch of time uh, due to injuries. So him being kind of around the team, getting getting things in order. I'm pretty sure the coaching staff is out there, or at the very least, coach mostly is keeping tabs on things. Um, but I mean, it's exciting to see as a fan. You you want to see this team build something early on. So by the time training right. camp starts, they know each other. They know, like you mentioned, they have that chemistry going. And preseason right. starts, they're, they're just that much ahead than other teams. Yeah. Go ahead, Anthony, I was going to just say, uh, before you jump in, you can see that at the beginning of the summer league, those, that first half, the first half of the first game, and they just, that energy just came out. that They just went for it, you know? So that was, that was great to watch that. Yeah, and I think that, them all hanging out like that it's it's it builds trust and trust is so important on the court so important and i think yeah. that um at the very least this team is going to be extremely entertaining on and off the court um i, I didn't mention but you know chuma kiki's out there also and cole anthony has been roasting <laughs> talking about roasting chumo kiki rj hampton out there and and it's not just it's not just a trip where they're they're over by the water and and that's it, man. They're they're posting videos of them actually inside the gym, so they're putting in some work. Um, I didn't see Coach Mosley anywhere in any of the videos, so to me, this this looked like an event that you know the young guys decided to put together to build the team chemistry, to put the initiative out there, um, and do it on their own, so that by the time training camp starts, you know they they have that you know camaraderie already, and and I think that. Um, it's, it's really important because just imagine, just imagine like first day of training camp. All right, everybody, you know, we want to introduce you guys to Jalen Suggs. Um, and, and that's not the case. They're going to be able to, you know, they're already familiar, uh, with the players. And I think that, you know, for, for two brand new rookies coming in, um, that's, that's so important. Cole Anthony, you know, he didn't get that last season. Chumo Kiki didn't get that. Jonathan Isaac didn't get that. Like there was none of that before. Um, and, and the fact that this team is, is already starting that way, um, man, it's, it's hard. It's hard to not like your players. It's hard not to like this team. Um, it kind of kind of scares me a little bit because it, it reminds me a little bit of, of you know, Alfred Payne, Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo. You know, those guys were so close together, like so, so close together. Kyle Quinn. So I, I really hope that, you know, the impacts are definitely greater than that group. Um, and, and also something that can last for, you know, a really, really long time. Um, I didn't see any of the vets, um, but there was, there was also a report saying that Michael Carter Williams um, is um, out due to an injury. out indefinitely mm-hmm. had a surgery done. Um, how big of an impact would losing a player like Michael Carter Williams, a veteran um, that won't be able to be with the team in training camp, how much of an impact does that have with, well, what, it's what he brings to the team. He's like our enforcer, right? So you, that translates in practice too. 
So you got a young guy. And, and, and one thing I really realized about the NBA and how it works for players is your top three guys pretty much guaranteed job. Outside of that, you're fighting for minutes because you you're, you're fighting for your job all the time. I don't think people really realize how tough that is. And, um, and so with, with Michael being out, he's going to bring that toughness to those guys that they're going to miss that they might not get from a practice standpoint. Now he's going to be in the ear, but let me tell you, he's fighting for his, you know, his spot still. And that's like anybody else. And then he's going to get in his young guy's face and tell him what they don't want to hear. He's going to eat in and then teach. Cause I see that on him. And, mm-hmm. I, and how many games have we seen him just, you know, getting at anyone's face just because, you know, that's my, my teammate. I'm hopping in there. I don't care. You can't talk to him that way. And it, Who's going to be that person? I still think it's him on the sidelines. So, uh, but at practice, I think young players and just keeping that physical, humble spot, he's that guy. Now, let me ask you this quickly. Where did, did you think that he was going to have a, a role in the rotation, like at the start of the season? Did you see him coming off the bench and getting minutes? Or did you think he was going to be more of a vet that was not going to get minutes, much like Robin Lopez uh, may have that role? Uh, I, I don't know. Mosley's offense, you know, I haven't really seen it. It's, it's just going to depend on how he runs his team. If you really think about it, you know, um, I just seen how MCW works. He's, he's a grinder. He's going to do what it takes, but he also is team first, you know? And so he knows what he's got to do. Uh, so coming off the bench more likely, uh, but with injuries that we get, which is just, you know, it's critical. That's right. Yeah, I mean, to me, and and I don't, I I get the criticism that MCW gets. I get it. I'm an MCW fan and supporter. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that we have, you know, a, a a solid guard that can play one through three and that can guard one through three. I know he gets criticized for his offense and his shooting, but you know, this dude is a tough defender, and he's also a player that, um, he's one, he's he's actually a perfect vet if you really look mm-hmm. at it. He's a player that was literally you know, uh, awarded rookie of the year and then almost found himself out of the league and was able to fight his way back. So he's someone that has really seen the highs and seen the low and everything in between. Um, So if you have a player um, and, and we've seen where our players have gone through stretches where they haven't played all that well, it's really easy for a rookie to really like lose I don't want to say motivation, but they lose that. Um, what's the word that I'm thinking about? Uh, the confidence. They're losing drive, confidence right? in themselves. The drive, yeah. yeah. And he is someone that can easily say, you know, it, it's okay. You got to get through. You got to keep shooting this and that. Um, to where if it's a player like, you know, Jonathan Isaac, Markel, that they've always been, you know, considered. I mean, maybe not Markel because he's gone through his trials and tribulations in Philly. Yeah. But my point is, that he's someone that I wouldn't mind being in the ears, him being in our rookies' ears, because again, he's able to go in there and, and really talk about you know the four corners of the NBA, the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads. Um, and and I think that one, he's still able to do that because he's still gonna be around the team. Um, and and two, he's he's someone that again is he's a versatile player that can really add a lot of things. Now you brought up a good question. What would have been his role in in this NBA and, and with this team under Mosley? And I think that that's the million-dollar question. I think that we're going to really find that out um, with Coach Mosley. Like, what will be his priorities? We know that's coaching and developing, but in what format? What does that look like? Are we going to be playing Gary Harris 25, 35 minutes a night? Are we going to be playing Terrence Ross a lot of minutes? Are we like, is he really trying to make sure that he wins every single game? Which obviously that's, you know, if that happens, great. But is it worth it in the expense of the development of a player like Franz Wagner, RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs? Um, and I think that we're we're going to be able to find that out a lot sooner than later. Agreed. Yeah. Now, um, we officially reported that we have signed Mo Wagner um, to the Orlando Magic. So it was reported a while back, but now we have made it official. Um, now, the funny thing about it is that originally they announced that, you know, Franz Wagner was going to wear number 21. And that was Mo Wagner's um, jersey that he wore with the Magic. That was the number that he wore last season. 
Now, it was reported that Franz is going to give up his now 21 number to his big brother, Mo, and he's going to be wearing the number 22. So my question to you, Wade, if you have a number, and when it comes to sports, everyone has that number that they, they feel comfortable wearing, that they wear all the time. Season after season, team after team, game after game, you you wear this number, and this number means something to you. It could mean luck. It could mean that you know you wear that number and you're able to confidently go out there and score twenty points a game. Whatever the case may be, whatever that number means to you. Um, if to your best friend, to your brother, to a family member, if you guys are playing on the same team and you guys share the same favorite number, would you give that up? I, I'm you, just the type you, of person. I'm just the type of person that a I I'll take the shirt off my back for people. That's just who I am. But when it comes to number, it just when you're playing, you feel it there, right? You feel that weight on you. It, it that better man than I. I ain't trying to give it up. I'm just saying. Just be real. <laughs> I'm not trying to give it up. Nope. Now we can do a, a battle for it. You know, and we you know 21. We could place a bet. I don't know what you want to do. But I'm not just saying, here you go. You know, it's gonna, you're going to have to get it from me. Let me ask you this. I, I know it's very popular in the NBA, NFL, for players to buy a watch or to buy them a car. I've seen that scenario. Would that entice you to trade your number? If you get a nice car, a nice watch for that number, would that be enough? I got money, right? You know, it's okay. I got, I would do whatever, like, cool. You're going to have to earn this from me. I just <laughs> making it, we're just going to do it that way. That's the way I, I look at it. You know, car watch okay cool material stuff but the story that you didn't get it is worth more than <laughs> than just get it from a car yeah see that. i'm not i'm not giving up my number i yeah. listen i am i am sorry you can be big brother you can be little brother like nah that's not that is not happening at all i am the eighth pick in the nba draft i am not giving you this number you weren't even signed when I got here. I'm not passing the number up. Now, I would imagine thinking that maybe, you know, it, it was Mo, Mo Wagner's number first. Obviously, he's an older brother. And maybe Franz started wearing it because of his big brother. And it became like a family thing at 21. I I get that. But it would be really, really difficult for me to give up my number. My favorite, the, yeah. the jersey number I, I always wore was number 32. My younger brother, he somehow adopted the same number. I love my my brother to death. I'll go to war for him. The whole nine, I am not giving him 32. He needs to pick up a different number. It's you like, know, that was my number, too. So, oh, look at yeah. that. Oh, there there we go. That was my number. But not I've actually I've changed it. So you, I'll pass it on to you. I'm, I like number two. So ah, there you it's go. yours now. Your 32 is you. I'm number now, two. Now, an example, uh, Giannis wears 32. His older brother, I think, wears 43. If I'm not mistaken, maybe. So so wait, Janice Ward's 34. Uh-huh. And yeah. then his... And his, the brother's 43. Yeah, yeah. Correct. We Maybe we can do something like that. But then it would have been Mo Wagner wearing 12. Yeah, maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah, no, no. Maybe that's not a good idea. <laughs> but see, I don't feel guilty anymore because I, I came into this discussion with the same mentality. Like, you know, that number, unfortunately... It means too much to me, so I, I'm gonna keep it. And for me, that's number 15. Like that, that number I wore in high school. I wore it any league that I played in. That's my number. I couldn't give it up. So, like you said, with any any whatever material, not enough. My brother, I'm sorry, get a different number. Right. So I agree with you guys. I think that number to me means a lot. Now, in Francis's case, he got drafted number eight, which is higher than Mo in the NBA. He got drafted by the Magic, which is original team to a larger contract. So meaning we're investing more in him. So again, my discussion would have been, I'm sorry, you wouldn't even sign, like you said, uh, and that's my number now. Pick a, pick a new one. Yeah, so I, that wonder, <laughs> I wonder what that conversation was like. Yeah, I was just like, about to say that. Mo, I was, I was, Mo finally, Mo finally get, he gets signed as official. He's he's in Orlando Magic for the season. Yay, the brothers are going to play together. Hey, uh, Franz, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, dude. You're, you're a rookie. Give me that number. <laughs> Give it to me now. Like, <laughs> Right. Like because you know to them that number is is so important. So I mean, kudos kudos to him. Kudos to him for passing it up. Someone but, needs to make a, a cartoon of mom driving <laughs> down the Audubon with a hand. Like give your brother, 
number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny? So Mo only signed for one year, two years, but the second one is not guaranteed. So at the end of this season, if he's gone, does that mean that France goes back to Immediate. 21? Immediate. So that means I shouldn't uh, buy a Franz Wagner be, jersey. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's gonna be old quick. Oh quick. man, it's gonna That's be like to know. just as just as long. How long did Terrence Ross wear that number eight jersey? Oh, don't tell me about it because I, I bought one of those. Uh, like, <laughs> did buy one of those three, I, four I, months. Didn't I warn you not to do that? That that wasn't gonna last long. I think didn't you did. go through like a really bad uh, uh, play stretch during that time frame. He did. And then move back. It's kind of like it reminds me of like Mario Hazonia. Remember when Mario went from 23 to 8 and then just played worse than he did <laughs> at 23 to 8? Yeah, yeah, but you can't it. compare those two. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Ross even said it though, didn't he? I thought I heard him talking about it, joking on the interview. I had to change it back and break the streak. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel like just in, in general, it's never a good idea to to change your number so who knows maybe maybe say what what do you what do you think the odds are do you think he changes back to 21 the minute that his brother's no longer on the roster oh for sure i think so yeah, too i think so too yeah all right so a viral video came out um this past week where demar DeRozan was doing an interview and he says that him and vooch um they have talked about for years wanting to team up and play together um, even with even while he was, you know, in Orlando, if you don't know, uh, DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic played college together. Um, do you think that Orlando should have made more of an effort to get them to play together? I, I feel like DeMar DeRozan and the Orlando Magic have been tied with rumors for a really, really long time. Um, I always thought or I didn't think and it completely slipped my mind with their relationship in college. But, you know, I never thought of Nikola Vucevic being like the driving force of that. Um, really? So with that being said, um, do you wish that the magic would have gave uh, or really pushed for DeMar DeRozan to come play with Nikola Vucevic? Are you kind of happy with the outcome and glad that we blew it up? If it was three years ago, it was three years ago and we needed that. I mean, we've always needed shooting an extra offense and a, a good defender and, and DeMar's incredible player. But three years ago, yeah. But I, I think we upgraded with um, uh, our, our position now. <laughs> but the best up a name. So, uh, uh, Carter, you guys got, I got all t- twisted up. Wendell Carter? Me. Wendell Carter, yeah. I think we upgraded Wendell Carter. He finishes above the rim. He gets up and down the court. He's got a strong motor. He's a defensive presence. He's going to fit in well with this team uh, because – these guys are going to want to run, and your big man needs to be there. And and when they slip up on a defensive miss, he could he's he could stop and block the rim, uh, protect the rim. Vooch couldn't do that. And Vooch, great shot, good pick and roll. Offense broke down; he could drop it in, but you know, running the offense through him, you're not you don't have to run the offense through him completely. Uh, but he's got offensive game. I, I think we upgraded, especially what we're doing now. Yeah, I think that if I had to answer that question, it would be back in 2019. I think after we made the playoffs for the first time, we got kicked out in the first round. I think that offseason would have been the one where we make that move. And we, I know Evan Fournier wasn't going to be here long term. So what do you right. do? You trade probably Evan Fournier, maybe a first round pick and whatever else it takes for Demar DeRozan. And now your selling point is, hey, we made the playoffs last year. Now we're going to try to have two All-Stars play together and the rest of the team, you know, Markel, J.I. healthy, all the good stuff. And then Vooch showed that he was a legitimately all-star by that time, too. So 100%. it made sense to kind of make that that push. So I'm mad in that stance. I would have loved to see at least DeMar here one year, two years, instead of Fournier and see what that would have looked like. I mean, imagine starting Markel, DeMar DeRozan, Terrence Ross, J.I., or Gordon, and Vooch. Like, that would have been an exciting yeah. lineup in the Eastern Conference. But like you said, two years ago. Now, looking at the, at the future of the franchise... I'm so much more excited about what we've done simply because even with the Rosen, I don't see the magic reaching the what the Eastern Conference Finals or winning a ring. It would have been fun, but it wouldn't have been enough for me to to say, let's kind of just spend all this money on those two guys. Um, so for me, the outcome is it is what it is. I'm happy where we are, but it would have been fun to watch back in 2020. Yeah, I think DeMar DeRozan would have been a really bad fit. Um, I'm glad we didn't do it 
you know, there there was uh, concerns about his his shooting ability. He's one of the best mid range shooters in the NBA, but outside of the arc, there was a really big struggle there. Um, not saying that you know it's you know, we we had it's interesting because what would what would that have looked like? You know, we've we've all we've known was Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier like for years. That's what we knew. Um, so it is enticing to think of you know a player that would have forced Nikola to not be your number one option, to now be your number two option, um, and to kind of take that pressure off of him. So that would have been fun to see. Um, but where we're at right now, and during the press conference that um, that Jeff Woman had, one of the things that he said that really stood out to me is that we've dramatically increased our ceiling than yeah. what it was before. Yep, and I think that by far in between that was by uh, it, it was the best move for the Magic to do at that time because we were capped. Maybe with Demar Derozan, we would have won more than just Game One in the playoffs. Maybe, but there's no guarantee that that would have got us in the next round. Exactly. Um, so now that we're looking at it, because we still have to follow this team, we still have to follow the Chicago Bulls. You know, they right. have Lonzo Ball now. They have. DeMar DeRozan, they have Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine. Um, we still own their 2023 first-round draft pick. Um, do you see this team, do you see that team being competitive enough to where um, would really lose value in that first-round pick? And what I mean by losing value, yeah. I mean, it may be not being a top lottery pick, maybe outside of that. We'll find out. I mean, we got the perfect scenario for it now in the East Coast. Pretty much that team, if you look at it from a structure, uh, just depends on how their coach is going to run their offense. Um, so that experiment is happening out. So we'll be able to tell. Yeah, I don't. You, I don't see them. I don't know what it is, but I don't. I don't trust that roster. Um, Lonzo Ball. I, I've never been a fan of his. I, I think he has stretches where he plays really well. He hits mm-hmm. eight three pointers in a game, and you're like, oh my god, he's arrived. And then he goes on this month or two month stretch where he just look he looks average out there. So that money that he got to me, honestly, he was overpaid, overpaid big time. Demar Derozan's getting older. Um, Levine is not happy; he hasn't got an extension yet in 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 Chicago. So is he going to be playing? You know, excited with this team, or does he want to get traded by the deadline? Um, and then Vooch, you know, Vooch is, is awesome. He's done amazing things, but we saw his his ceiling with the magic can he race that with the bulls i don't i don't know um so i don't know i think that 2023 first round pick maybe in the mid-teens or if things don't work out this next season you could potentially see it as a top 10 pick once again yeah 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 um i so but i mean give credit to the bulls for at least trying to bring oh, yeah. zach levine some help like if there's one thing that you can say about them is they they at least tried they attempted they mortgage their future to do it, and that's that's on them. And we thank them sincerely. Um, but you know, at least at least they try and they make the effort. Hopefully, in two years, they get really really old and they they really do nothing because we need that. All right, um, wait, I don't know if you remember it, but we we have the segment Pastor Shoe where we're gonna yep. um, give you a a factual statement, and then you're gonna tell us whether or not you would pass on that statement or or shoot on it. So the very first one. Will the Magic win more than twenty three point five games next season? Yeah, I think I think we'll win some games we shouldn't, um, just because that chemistry starting to come together. I, I see us in the low thirties, thirty one, thirty two wins. Ooh, that's high. <laughs> I know. Okay yeah. I see. Yeah. It's a it's a I, hot, I, it's a I hot think, take. Well, we got. Uh, we're, that speed is going to catch up to people and they're going to catch them by surprise. So we get a team that plays us after playing Miami the night before they go out, they get here and the next thing you know, they get run off the court. That's right. Think of all teams like the Lakers, the Warriors, the Nets. They right. might say, Hey, let's hit KD. Let's see LeBron that game. Cause mm-hmm. it's against the magic. And you never know what Jalen Sox may do that game. What JI may look like that game. And all of a sudden we're stealing that game. Um, yep. It's funny you say that because I've been debating that on, on Twitter with some people. I don't see the Magic. They're being projected to be one of the worst teams in the East. The only team that's projected worse than them right now is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. That's it. I don't see that. Like I think the Magic are going to be competitive now. Health. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that in bold letters out there. Health. If they can stay healthy, I think the Magic can be good enough to compete in the East by playing tournament. 
on the outside. They might not make it, yeah. but like you said, 30-31 wins, in my opinion, would be amazing for this team. But in my opinion, if healthy, it's realistic. Um, I have us um, so I'm shooting. I think that they'll definitely win more than 23. Uh, I'm not expecting much. I'm saying I'm putting the 25 on there. That's my number. I think that they will at least win 25 games. You bring up a good point. A lot of it's going to have to do with with injury. Um, can we stay healthy? Um, and you know, with the roster that we have, we have a really, really we we have. I want to be careful with my words, but I'm just going to say I think that we have a very fragile roster. History history has shown that, whether that's the players, whether that's the 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 medical staff, I don't who who knows what it is. We've had some really bad luck, and we've dealt with injuries. Um, so hopefully this season is is going to be a lot different. Um, the 2019 2020 season was a season that we won what 33 games. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to see you know the team that we have now be better than that team right now as as much of as much talent as we have um as much as i believe in the players that we have just it being so so young so new for them um it, it's really hard for me to see it. but i definitely can see us winning 25 maybe 27 27 would be great i i would consider that a success um but for for the different reports and articles that we read saying that you know we we're damn near going to be the worst team in the NBA I find that really really hard to believe and we're not we're not in the west coast we're we're in the east we have a lot of good young talented players um there's no chance that we're going to be at at the bottom like the very bottom true uh, the east is east is not respected right now it's it's definitely upgraded yeah so now with with that being said should the magic tank Again, no, next no. season. No, I, we 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 got to stop living in in the draft. Now. We got we got what we needed, and so I, I've never been a fan of building a team around the draft. You've seen successes, right? You know, we just saw that this year. But I like a culture and having that culture, and where we can bring people to us and and understanding and 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 want to be here. And so uh, I'd rather have vets that can want to come work and win um, as far as a, as a culture, uh, but we don't need a tank. No way. I'm going to agree with that too. So I'm going to pass on that. I think that we, we saw what happened this year, even though we ended up with tied for the second worst record in the NBA, what happened? We ended up dropping to fifth. So guess what? I'm done with the whole tanking game. I know we pushed mm-hmm. it hard last season. My opinion is play hard, play to win every game. Not only am I a statistical holder, so I don't want to go to games rooting for losses. That sucked last year. But I just want to see this team play hard and learn how to win games under a new coach. So, again, if they win 30 games, 28 games, that will be fun for me. I'll be rooting for that. Um, and not only that, but I don't think that next year's draft is that talented for me to say, like, you know, lose out from the jump trade Ross, trade Harris, and just go with young guys and the goal is to lose. I don't know. I don't know enough about the draft next season yet, but based on what I've heard and, and, and researched, it's not that talented of a draft. So I don't think it's worth doing that. And by what we saw this year, you might end up with the fifth worst record and then jump to number one either way. So uh, let things play out this season, but hopefully they're playing hard and playing to win. Yeah, and nobody, like nobody in their right mind has a mindset of wanting to tank. Especially not this early. Like, who goes into watching a brand new season of, of you know, the Orlando Magic basketball, especially when you have, you know, excitement of Jonathan Isaac coming back, Markel, Jalen Suggs, and and start thinking, tanking. No. Like, I'm, I'm depressed even, like, talking about it because imagine wanting your team to lose for a whole entire season. Like, we did that for half a season after we traded everybody, and that was brutal. Sucked like brutal. Like, if you're passionate about the team, right? And at the end of it, you're you're internally like battling with yourself of wanting your team to win because it's your team, but then knowing that them winning is kind of hurting your chance of of your future being better to acquire talent. Um, I, I think it's just it was it was it was last season was terrible, and I never want to feel that for a very very long time. No tanking. 
zero tanking. If it happens because we're developing our players, then okay. But at least they're right. going out there and you're you're trying to win. Um, it's for the good. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So next one. Wendell Carter Jr. should receive an extension from the Magic and be the starting center on opening night. Absolutely. Yes, that's a shoot. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. And me, uh, I like what he, he brings to the table right now. Let me ask you, Where one thing that has been rumored is $70 million for four years for Wendell Carter. Do you think he's earned that money already? You'll be okay with that amount of money? Absolutely. Or, yeah? Pay yeah. him. Yeah, pay him. Pay him. Hey, my man. Wait, uh, what said? What said? He's coming up. He's coming up from with it. He's gonna pay him first. He's gonna put a little donation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And want to take care of uh, the family too. Whatever it got to take. There I'm, you I'm, go. So for uh, me, I, I know we've been talking about this, Amy and you, for the past few weeks. But for me, I'm 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 on the fence on this. I just want to let them play it out. Him and Mo Bamba. I think we we talked about it two weeks ago. Um, so I wouldn't sign him just yet, just because he's been hurt a lot in his career, uh, much like Mobamba has. So I want to see the two of them battle it out and earn that contract from the Magic because I think ultimately they don't bring both back. I think ultimately they're either going to trade Mobamba or Wendell Carter or let one walk. I don't think that's the case. They want something back for for their guys. So I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what that fight looks like between October and February before the trade deadline and see who they choose out of the two. Um, I'm, I'm high on both. But I just think that if you pay a guy right now before you see what that battle looks like, you would make a mistake. What if you pay Wendell all that money, but then he gets hurt, let's say, God forbid, with one injuries anymore, but then Mo Bamba just blows up. He has an amazing season. Now, what do you do? You just committed to Wendell when Mo Bamba showed potential this year. But so, isn't, that, isn't that the NBA? Isn't the NBA paying based on potential? Like, I, I get that the concern yeah. with Wendell Carter is, is injury, but the games that he played for Orlando he looked was good. was way like his physicality, mm-hmm. the way that he played, uh, the the presence that he had in the paint, like it's something that as much as we like Nikola Vucevic, he was very finesse. He wasn't, he, he really didn't get in there the way that Window has, and and Mobamba the same way. Um, I think starting night. I think that window has a really good chance. My concern, not really concerned, but you know, Mo Bamba has already been, you know, doing the the extra credit work. He's already he made sure that he was the first one to meet, you know, Mosley. Already spent time with them, uh, was a part of training camp, so he has a really good impression. He's already putting in the effort, which is something that you want from Mo Bamba. You want him to be <clears throat> like in the front of the class, making sure that he's paying attention to everything, writing down notes. Like you want him to be that dude. Um, so I, I think it's 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 a toss up. It's really a toss up. If Steve Clifford was still the coach, there was no way in hell Mobamba was going to be the starting center. Yeah. Now he has that opportunity, and I think that you know I I wish uh, who was that said it? LeBron James said it. He said that he wishes that there would be um, ah man I'm I'm losing my my train of thought on it. What what's the name of that show that they have um, for football? Where they where they're taking a look at training camp. What is the name uh, of it? I can't think of it. Wouldn't the John Gruden something like that? Or oh, first take. Uh, oh my oh, gosh! Ah oh, man! All right, so it was on HBO, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hard knocks, hard, hard knocks, hard knocks. There you go. Terrible. How do I not know that? Um, I, I <laughs> wish that they would have that for Orlando. Like it doesn't even have to be anything major. It doesn't need to be on HBO. Just something for the fans where we're able to watch, like you know the video like full like i want a whole hour episode of how day one of training camp went like i really want to see uh mo and wendell go at it and go at it the same way that we're going to see cole anthony and if markel Fultz is healthy cole anthony markel Fultz going at it because when markel went down that was cole's job and now cole has to worry about markel cole has to worry about jalen suggs uh cole has to worry about rj hampton so I, I think that you know it's is great because we mentioned earlier they're they're building that team chemistry they're hanging out with each other, but come training camp, right? You know, and wait, you mentioned it earlier, like these are people's jobs and you're fighting for your job. Yeah, but and I, and I think that's going to be a battle for sure. But it's a team game, right? So the guys, I I, I think um, when you're you know you're battling for positions, obviously minutes getting there and the job. But also, 
you know, having transparency with the coaching staff on what your role is, is vital in this because being competitive on the court and practice to the push, because you think about, you know, Jordan, what he did with his teammates, because he was checking to see if he's there, right? Uh, but when he's not battling someone else, you know, this is his team. So when I think about battling each other behind the scenes, it's, it kind of undermines, it creates a, a kind of negative culture. And I, I don't think Mosley wants that. I think he's like looking at, at here's your role, here's what's going, this is what I need from you, this is what I bring out of you, and then seeing how people are going and then filling them in. That, that's the way I, I would approach it. I, I just don't want guys just battling. I want, I want my team to have transparency and, and true leadership. Yeah, and I, I agree with you, Wit, to a point. And right. this is this is where I, I think is it's contrary to a point. It, Mo Bamba is it's a contract year. Yep. Yeah. Like it's a contract year. Like we've already gone to a point where the rookie scale is already like we're coming to an end. We really haven't been able to see like all the potential that we thought we were getting. New coach, new team, new players. One Dell brand, he's still brand new to the Orlando Magic. Yeah. You know, Mo Bamba is is he already has all the experience. He knows everything. Like, like he he has the opportunity to take it. And I think that if he doesn't go into training camp with that mindset, Wendell Carter will. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because he already plays physical. Yeah. So I I think that just in that regards, it would be hard. As much as we we would want to talk about team chemistry and playing really and, and playing nice with each other, I think Mo Bamba's like the last person that can have that mindset because it right. is a contract year. Yeah. yeah. He, he just needs to prove he's got a motor. He, yeah, if he can prove he's got a motor, he's got it. it. Because that's all not, he needs. And I will not, say, that's the one thing doing? that, he, yeah, that's the one thing that he's done really well this offseason. Whenever he's been interviewed, he's been saying that a lot. I'm working on my motor. I'm working on my motor. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's a coach mostly thing that he got in his head and said, listen, you got to pick it up. I've seen your tape and it's, it's not that. That's not going to get done with me. So he got that in his mind now. But I think the fact that Clifford is gone, that alone it's going to just refresh his everything, his mindset, his passion for the game. Because again, not for nothing, I don't know what the issue was with him and Clifford, but it's tough, man. When you have to show up to a job knowing that no matter what you do, it won't be right. It won't be enough. Um, and don't forget, the stats that he put up after Clifford, uh, after after the trade deadline, Mobama's number were not that much worse than Wendell Carter. And he had some big games with 20 points, and 15 yeah. rebounds. And he was playing so, good at the end of the season. So, you know, if he can put it together, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't want to pay nobody just yet. Let them battle it out. Now, I will say, by February, you have to know what you're doing because the trade deadline is going to be right there. You don't want to lose Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba for nothing. So you might have to package them with Terrence Ross, whatever they may want to do, and get a good asset back. Um, so it will be really a six-month battle between October and February. You have to know by then what you're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll find we'll find out soon. We'll find out soon. All right, wait, last one. All right. Franz Wagner. Will he surprise people next season? There's a lot of concern about him not having a really strong training, uh, excuse me, summer league um play. Uh, should we be worried? Will he surprise people? What are your thoughts? I, I think that he's got a high expectation because of where he was drafted. But um He's got a long learning curve. That's that's just what I'm seeing. He's a step behind, um, but he he fills in some gaps when he's in there. Um, so I, I I don't think it's gonna surprise anybody. Let's hit pass on that one. I think we're gonna see a rookie and see him grow up pretty quick. Let me ask you this: We didn't have you here for for the draft episodes, but. If you were running the magic with that eighth pick, so you already got Jalen Suggs in, in your bag, fell to your laps, you're feeling good about yourself. Would you have drafted Franz okay, Wagner? But wait, before you before you answer, like Al is clearly fishing for his <laughs> response. Like without you even saying anything, I already know what he's gonna say, but go ahead. Oh uh, no, no, I you know, I, but I didn't really watch I was watching the Ignite team. And the mm. players on the night team, that's that's you know, got the G League banner behind me. I was watching that and uh, I was watching the teams that were, were pushing through some of the, the playoffs. So I, I wanted a power forward that's you know more athletic, not so finesse, and that could shoot. So I, I would 
I wouldn't have gone with him. I, I mean, I was I was fully on with uh, 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 Kimba. Kaminga. He was available. Kaminga, yeah. So we were we were this close. We were at the draft party. We were like, yeah. we were like, man, this is gonna happen. We're gonna get J- Jalen Sucks and Kaminga. We were like, Moses it's, Moody. We didn't say Moses Moody. He didn't want Moses Moody. But my point it's is, just, it's just the you. Warriors took Kaminga from us. Like we were so excited because he may have fallen. It, it almost happened. It didn't. So at that point, my opinion was, you man, you take the best player available. And to, in my opinion, that would have been either Book Knight or Moody. Even though you have a ton of guards already, you figure it out later. You trade Ross. You figure it out. But I again, liked Moody. Actually, that's who I was hoping would get. I really see, liked him a lot. See, see, smart people are but, like here. Yeah. <laughs> once I was more focused on that 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 first spot. Everything out of that, I was like, eh, it's all good. That 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 five spot was the one I cared about. Yeah. No, I so and knows my answer. I think Moody was my guy, and that's a guy that I've seen him play for. The, and I mean, the good thing is he went to the Warriors, which is my second team that I watched the most because mm-hmm. of Curry. So I'll get to watch him a lot and Kaminga as well. But I think you add Moody to this team, straight up shooter, a guy that can play today in the NBA, body's ready, has the length. It, it made sense to me. I know his height; it's not there for the small. I mean, he could be small forward in the NBA easily. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, again, I can see the potential with Wagner, but I don't think he'll surprise people early in the season. Towards the end, maybe like like Chuma did last year, he'll pick up things as the season goes along, and maybe by February, March, he'll look much better. But early on, I don't know. We didn't see him play in the summer league after not playing for an extensive time, right? And so that right. transition from... I remember when I went from high school to college, I felt like people were just running past me left and right. I could barely keep up. Yeah, but I, I, that's what I saw him during the summer league. So you get that learning curve. So half a season in, catching up with things. I, it, but yeah, I think we, we was he won't surprise anybody. I think that he will surprise a lot of people. I think I that, so. that summer. Uh, I keep saying summer. Yeah, summer league. Um, I think that summer league it was not a a good environment for his showing. Um, and even the articles that I read, they said that he's he's going to be a lot better than than what his play was um he's an off-ball guy you know he's not I, I would like to see him be way more aggressive and that will come with time he's he's a rookie what you said it he it's been a while since he played the same with Jalen Suggs and same with a lot of the players um I think eventually he'll get to that point whether that's this year who knows whether it's three four years from now hopefully it's not that long um were there other options at eight yes would I have preferred them picking somebody else? Yes, but I'm really happy with Franz Wagner from the little bit that I've seen already, and I think that it's going to be a good contribution. I think that the fact that you drafted a player like Jalen Suggs, you were able to take a risk on Franz Wagner. Yeah, and and That's true. regardless of your feelings on Franz, it's it's a risk, and it wasn't a more of a a, a guarantee like you know maybe some of the players that you know had a really good shooting ability like. Maybe a Moses Moody, but it's summer league. Nobody knows how any of these players are are going to end up being. Kevin saying. Knox was a monster in summer league, and what is he doing now? Um, Jonathan Kaminga had a really good summer league showing. Moses Moody had a really good summer league showing, um, but we still don't know whether or not that's going to translate to the professional level um, of the NBA. So yeah, only time I will think- tell. And I and I I think that he will end up surprising people. Yeah, but I felt like we drafted Jeff Turner again. That's how I that's how I looked at it. <laughs> I will say this though. He's a magic player. He's yeah. gonna be wearing magic uniform. And that I'm gonna cheer for him. That's right. That makes me a fan. And I'll be I'm gonna be rooting that he becomes the next Gordon Hayward, who he's been I, compared to. Like I, I'm I'm okay with that. Like again, we're gonna root for him. But like you said, it, it, they were just better options, at least from a name perspective, from a NBA readiness today. But you can't deny the length, the, the fact that he can become a good shooter. He can play really good defense. There's a lot of things to like about him. So, again, he's wearing a Magic uniform now. I'm his biggest fan. Absolutely. All right, yeah. so let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. Go Wait, ahead, Al. The, oh, okay. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll lead it away. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's been a long time since to, to see you guys, and I can't say congratulations on how we've done so far with this and YouTube and sponsors. I mean, congratulations and, and, uh, and hearing your family is doing well. It's just, it means a lot. And, and so, you know, I appreciate this opportunity sincerely and, and I truly appreciate you guys and your families and, 
and glad to be you guys are in my life. Thank you, Whit. We man, definitely uh, it was a it was a pleasure to have you on, man. It's been way too long. Way, way too long. Yeah, That's for sure. Right. So we're gonna make it we're gonna make it happen again pretty soon for sure. Let's go. I'll get the green All screen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Till next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod. And remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.